Welcome to the Voices of the Goddess podcast. We believe that there is a goddess inside each and every one of us. When we use our voice to share that goddess, we support and uplift each other. Join us each week as we interview women to receive the message of their goddess within. Hello, goddesses. We had a bit of a techno problem on our recording. I guess our energy was too much for the system and it missed recording the beginning of our session. So I just want to say a big hello from Allison and myself. Welcome to our show. Our guest today is Marissa Prasad Dibble of Chatterbox of South Florida. Enjoy the show. I am with Chatterbox of South Florida. I am the owner and founder of that. We are a digital marketing and public relations agency. Very cool. Well, welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us. I'm excited. um, Yeah. So are you ready for the question? Of course. Let's get chatting. (laughs) You know, that's what I love doing. So the first question is, what is your superpower or what would you choose your superpower to be? Oh, it, it depends on who you ask, right? That's what my superpower would be. You ask Edric, <laughs> it'll be, oh, she likes to like, yeah. You ask my cat, he thinks, you know, me scratching him is my superpower. I think I was blessed with um, just having the ability to connect with people. And connections are super important all through your life. You know, when you're in kindergarten, you connect with someone and they become your friend. Um, As you get older, you connect with friends, you know, in your teenage years, probably even from early childhood, and they run with you throughout your whole life. Um, You connect with a partner and a spouse. You connect with your clients. So I really feel like that's my superpower. I have the ability to connect with people people, not just, you know, just out in person. I sell what I do with my heart. So if I'm making friends with someone, I do it from my heart. And that's my superpower. Yeah, I see that. I, you know, I, um, I know you personally and professionally. And um, just watching you with all the people that are your clients, like you definitely connect with them on a much deeper level than most people in the business world. So I see you girl and your connection. (laughs) And I love hugging. It's so hard right now too. How are you surviving with not as much hugging? (laughs) It's hard um, because I feel when you connect with people, it's not about smiling. It's not about that. It's about making physical contact, whether it's a handshake or a hug Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been very challenging, um, but then that's where your heart shines, right? It takes over, and you have to make the connection there. Awesome. Yeah, connecting is super important. I consider that, like, one of my... One of my superpowers also, I love, and I honestly, I love to connect people. Like, that is... I, it really gives me joy to not only connect with others myself, but to connect people together that may not necessarily know one another. So that's, that's awesome. Right. 
All right, question number two. What is a book that has greatly influenced your life? I have a couple of books, but um, I'm gonna go with um, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff. Um, I have OCD. I came from a home where, you know, you take your shoes off, you don't kick them off, you put them together. Everything has to be neat, everything has to be clean. Um, it's given me a sense of organization, I would say, all my life, but when I turned 40, I realized sometimes you're just too tired and the shoes don't have to be fixed. They'll be right there in the morning. And I started to not sweat the small stuff. And I read that book in my early 20s, maybe later 20s. So I, that book has been around for a long time. It didn't sink in until I got older and I can now do less <laughs> and I get tired more. So... That's my book. I don't think I've read that book, so I'll have to put that on my list. But I think about, too, like how many times um, do lessons come back to us throughout our lifetime? And, like, you know, you said, like, it didn't sink into now. But I'm sure you got it on some level back when you first read it. But, yeah. like, all the time, like, things as you grow the message can sink into a deeper level. And um, so, yeah, keep keep relearning the lesson. Not relearning, but yeah. learning them at a, at, a, at a different level, for sure. Yeah, just adjusting as, as I grew. Because in my 20s, what was I sweating? I don't know. Ooh, um, I want to move out of here and get a bigger apartment. Ooh, Tucker pooped and he was a kitten on the floor. Ooh, don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> Now as you're older, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, it more falls like, hey, I have 19 things on my list today. I'm going to do the urgent ones. If I don't, it's okay. You don't have to stay up till 4 a.m. doing it and then wake up at 6 to start your day. You just Yeah, don't. no, no. Sleep is important. But for sure, the definition of what is small stuff changes as you progress through life. Absolutely. <laughs> Cool. All right. Question number three. This one is so important for our goddesses. Um, what is your favorite self-care practice? Hmm. Oh, does drinking wine count? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I feel... I feel like that's self-care. Um, lately, my favorite self-care practice would just be taking time away from devices and just finding a quiet spot. I've been reading more, and that really is helping me to detach. At the end of my day, put my phone away, put my iPad away. I want it nowhere near me, and just read. Yeah. I think that's so important these days because we all, we're like, we have our devices attached to us like 24 seven, yeah. just about. And, you know, and, uh, you know, talking about sweating small stuff, like sometimes someone will text me or email me and I'm like, Oh, I got to get right back to them. And it's like, no, you don't have to get right back to everybody all the time. Like people can wait, things can wait. Not everything is urgent. And take a breath and take time for yourself and 
handle things when you handle them. And yeah, especially after nine o'clock, you know, like I don't feel I owe anything to anybody anymore. <laughs> so true. <laughs> like, the cats. I mean, I, I'm sometimes shocked when I, like I when I go to bed, my phone goes on to airplane mode. So like nobody nobody's going to disturb me in the middle of the night. And I get like people who have kids right. and and stuff like that. Like maybe they need to, you know, they need to be accessible 24 seven. But um, you know, I'm like, for me, even if the tragedy happens in the middle of the night, what am I going to do about it in the middle of the night? Am I not going to be able to do anything till the morning anyway? So my, my yeah. phone goes into airplane mode, but when I wake up in the morning and I take, you know, put it connected again, sometimes I'm shocked. Like someone will have texted me at 1130 at night and I'm like, why are they texting at 1130 at night? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, unless I like really know you really well and and like even like I you know people who know me who know me know me know that my phone's on airplane mode and if so they can text me anytime because it won't disturb my sleep or anything but right. sometimes these are people that don't really and I'm like really in their world that's okay to text somebody at 11 o'clock on a weeknight okay no it's not. but um <laughs> I think you know, you make a really good point, Marissa, about stepping away from your devices and having a 24-year-old and a 21-year-old who have essentially grown up with devices of all kinds, since they can probably remember. Um, I, I feel like that's such a hard lesson as a parent to teach our kids that you don't have to respond right away. You don't have to be accessible all the time. You need to take time for yourself and you need to step away from your devices. Um, Cause yeah. I know, I know for me, like, and my daughter will probably see this at some point if she's not watching it right now, <laughs> but you know, she's so used to texting and getting an immediate answer. And when it doesn't happen, I think in some ways on a sub level, it almost gives her anxiety if you don't respond right. You know what I mean? Like, cause she's like, why aren't you responding? Yeah. Like, like in her words, mom, I know your phone's with you. Like, yes, it may be with me, but I'm not always looking at it. They are always looking at their phones. So I think that is a huge self-care to take time away from your device, turn them off, set them aside, put them on airplane mode, whatever you need to do. I am one of those parents that I keep my phone on because if there is an emergency with my 24 or 21 year old, I want to know about it in the middle yeah. of the night, <laughs> whether I can do anything or not. Um, but yeah. I do take time away from my device. I stop social media at a certain time of day. I don't look at it before a certain time of day. You know, I make that time to me to, to get a yeah, break from it. You have it, to. You have to, because it, holy cow, can just be, it almost makes my brain hurt sometimes when I'm on it too much, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> All right. And our last question is, because this is, we polled our audience before we created this podcast. And the big thing that came up for almost all of these women was, because our lives are so busy now and how do we get everything done? How do you create accountability in your life? Creating accountability, um, both personally and professionally, I write everything down. Um, sure, I come from, you know, a digital marketing background and, you know, it's just ingrained in our brain to do everything digitally. But 20 years ago when I first learned organization, it was with pen and paper. 
and I go back to that. I have it in the form of a journal for my personal life, um, what my goals are, what I want to accomplish. And then professionally, I have a separate book and I make sure I write my stuff down because I have to make myself accountable. If it's not crossed off, it's not done. And who does that affect? I don't like to see it affect anyone's business. So I hold myself accountable for it. Write it down. I love it. This digital world. Yeah. Go ahead, Julia. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, for me, like, writing something with pen and paper just has such a different energetic feel than typing something into the computer or into my phone. Um, you know, you're, you're tapping into other senses there and other parts of your brain. And mm -hmm. um, it's almost... Um, uh, energetically, it feels like there's more of a commitment there when when yeah. the pen is going yeah. to the paper. It makes yeah. it real, right? Because you could tell yourself in your head all day long while you're mm -hmm. at Publix, oh my gosh, I have to do that. I'm going to put a note on my phone and you're typing it in. But you turn that phone or the screen goes blank. You know, it's on battery saving mode and then you forget about it. You put it on paper, it is there and it is staring at you and calling you. And, you know, making you feel embarrassed that it's not crossed off yet. So you get it done. I'm a, I'm right there with you. I'm a pen and paper. We are sitting here and I'm taking notes. I'm a pen to paper girl. <laughs> That's how I work. And I think, but it's interesting to me because Julietta just said this. For me, it, it's actually, there's something about physically writing and it must be the energy of it that is very soothing to me. It makes, it actually weirdly makes me feel yeah. very, it's very calming to me, no matter what it is that I'm writing. It's just something about getting it out on paper. It must be that, it must be dumping it out of my head and getting it onto paper. Um, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I have lists, I have journals, I got it all. I think, um, who was, I kind of feel like it was you, Marissa, but maybe it wasn't. Talking about someone like having lots of, no, I remember who it is. It's it wasn't gone. you. But, but well, that too, but I'm thinking of someone else. But like having, like I love, like I'm in a store and there's like the aisle that has all the journals and I'm like, oh, I want journals more, like just more paper to write <laughs> stuff down. And um, I don't know, there's something, um, like, I don't want just a plain old notebook, like something to make it special. And then like those who know me, yeah. I'm, I'm a, yeah. I'm a purple person. I write everything with my purple <laughs> ink. If I don't have a purple pen to write with, it's like tragedy. Like, no, I can't write in black. I can't write in blue. It has to be purple. Um, it's but just there's... not magical to write in black. <laughs> <laughs> but but it does, it ha there is like that feeling. And, and maybe what you said too, Allison, like once you put it down on the paper, it's like you release, you release it from yourself. You release the burden of that energy from yourself. Yes. So it's just there's something that yes. feels good about putting it down on the paper. It's even yeah. the whole, like, I don't know. It's the whole like motion of, it. I don't know. It's, I can't make sense of it, but it's okay. It's all good. It helps me feel good. <laughs> I, and yeah. that just made me think of like something that, that like penmanship handwriting is something like I'm always drawn to look at how people write. My mom had like the most gorgeous penmanship, like everything she wrote was just like 
perfect. And I always like wished I could write like she did. And so my handwriting, like you could tell, like it was definitely stylized after her and how she wrote. But it was like, no matter how much I practiced and what I did, it never looked as good as hers. And when I see other people like today that have good penmanship, I'm just like, wow. But I think being a PT and especially, I mean, now we're in the digital age in the medical world too. So everything gets put in a computer. But we used to have to handwrite notes, which was like the thing I hated the most about my job. My handwriting has like gone like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> but um. But when people can write beautifully, I think there's something there's something special about that too. That's I don't so know what your lady's handwriting looks like, but well, that's so interesting you say that because a few years back I realized my handwriting had gotten so bad. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I actually thought for a minute, like, is something wrong? Like neurologically? Like, am I sick? Like what why is my handwriting gone so bad? You know why? Because I was never writing. I was using computer and phone the whole time. I wasn't using that skill anymore. And that is one of the reasons I started journaling again years ago. And if you look back at my journals from when I first started, you can barely read it. I mean, my handwriting is still not great, but it's way better than it was then. I mean, it was so (laughs) bad. So I agree with you. I think we do lose that, that motor skill, you know, of that fine motor skill. So gosh, we could go on a whole conversation about handwriting here. Oh yeah. Right. And then there's handwriting analysis, which is, <laughs> is super interesting as well. Okay. Awesome. Are we ready for takeaways? I am ready. Well, you spill yours, Allison, since you're ready. Mine actually is the book that Marissa suggested is don't sweat the small stuff because as I just turned 50 a few months ago and getting older, the small stuff really doesn't matter. Like the things I used to get upset about in my thirties and forties, I look at and go, that was just silly. Like there was nothing I could even do about that. So I think that is one of my biggest, especially as of late, we've had a lot of big stuff happening. So these little things are just not like, it's just, it's just fine. Like so a guy cuts me off on the road. I don't really, what, whatever. He's probably got some emergency that I don't even know about. Like, I just need to let that go. So I'm like, just learning to not sweat the small stuff. And I've gotten better and better at it. And I don't know if some of it comes with age, wisdom, experience. I don't know. Because in my 20s, everything was a big deal. You said, Marissa, you said nothing. In your 20s, you were like, eh. In my 20s, it was like all a big deal. Like every single little thing. And now I'm just like, meh. <laughs> I loved your point right now too. Like when you just spoke about when someone cuts you off, like, you know, it's so easy for us to get upset at people out there in the world and we have no clue what is happening in their world. And um, I think we've all been in that space where we've behaved in a way that it's like, wow, that's not me. That's normally, that's not normally how I behave, but in the moment, like you've got crazy stuff going on and sometimes, yeah, you just, behave in a way that's not necessarily perceived as great out in the rest of the world. And so just like, you know, instead of getting upset at people out there, just take a breath and like, you know, send them love and light because obviously if they're, if they're behaving in a non nice loving way, like they've got shit going on in their life and they definitely, they need love. They don't need more anger and hatred spewed out at them. So 
um, take a deep breath and send them love and light. You know what? I got to add one quick thing. Yes. I'm reading an excellent book right now. That's a conversation for another day. But one of the big things that this author talks about is taking every moment that you're in. And I know Julietta, you would preach this big time is how can you, um, go at this issue from a perspective of love versus a perspective of fear. Because a lot of times when you think about it, those things that are happening in our lives that are causing us to stress are situations out of fear. There are things that are happening to us that were mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So I think to look at things from a space of love, like I've started to say that in my head, like when somebody is just driving me nuts, I'm like, okay, how can I respond out of love? Like, how can I change this? So thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Marissa, what's your takeaway for today? Just, you know, having to answer that question, um, you know, what do you do to practice self-care? I answered it, but now I'm thinking it's probably not enough. Um, I need to do more for self-care because I'm always giving, giving. So I'm going to write that down <laughs> and put it as a goal and a focus. So that's my takeaway. Thank you. Both. I'm going to be, I'm going to be checking back with you too, to see uh, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done for you lately? Like, I love right. that. That's, right. you know, Janet Jackson song from way back when, what have you done for me lately? But we all need to turn that around and be like, what have I done for me lately? And, and it's not about you, being selfish at all. It's really about if I'm a, you know, I'm rested and I'm relaxed and I'm comfortable and I'm not stressed. I can be the best me I can be to help and go and serve other people. Right. A thousand percent. Yes, you got it. And then what I was going to say on top of that too, like this is the thing that I put back on people all day, every day when they're in here on my table and you know, like if you're upset about how someone else is treating you, what you really need to examine is how are you treating yourself? Because people mirror to you what you put out. So if you're not treating yourself well, other people take that as, oh, this is how she wants to be treated. She doesn't want to be treated well. So uh, if, you're, if you're upset with, with how other people are treating you, you really need to examine how am I treating myself? Because if I don't like how they're treating me, I need to treat me better. Right? Interesting. Everyone got that? I'm going to write that down, too. <laughs> that, that. And I'm, like, taking notes right now. That's why I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I will step off my soapbox now. And um, my takeaway, too, was even though I feel like... I'm not on my devices a lot. I do need to get off my devices more. Like I need to, I need to bump it up to the next level. And cause I, I do catch myself in that. Ooh, I got to respond right away. I got to respond right away. And we don't, we don't have to respond right away. Right. right. Awesome. All right. Well, unless anybody's got any last little juicy tidbit to add. We're just going to say thank you to everyone for joining us today. Oh, Allison's got something. What no, do you got? I want to hear if our guests are interested. I know at the beginning 
Marissa, you talked about Chatterbox, but if they would wanted to find you on social media or web, tell us a little quick, how can people find you? And we'll be sure to put it in the show notes also. Okay, so you can find us on Facebook. Um, just search for Chatterbox of South Florida. Same thing on Instagram, at Chatterbox of South Florida, all spelled out. Um, we just recently launched a new project called South Florida Chatter, where we go around and we interview, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, um, nonprofits. We're sharing events out there in the community. So a lot of community outreach on there. You can also follow that page on Facebook, South Florida Chatter. Awesome. Perfect. So thank you so much, Marissa, for joining us today. It has been great. Thank you for having with me. you, Miss Chatterbox. <laughs> and thank you to all our audience. And if you liked what you heard today, please like us, please subscribe. Um, we'd love to get some reviews out there on our show. And um, like Allison said, all of the the links to everything that we talked about, the books, um, how to find Marissa, as well as how to find Allison or myself will be in the show notes. So check it out there. And that's it. That's a wrap. So have a magical day, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.